Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Heart and Hustle podcast. I'm Charisma O'Keefe. I am Angelica Yard. This is episode 128. We are out there. We are in our like going towards 200s on our listens. I think that because 2020 is so terrible, we get to have like a party at 150 and 200. Oh, girl, we're past 150. We're like at 155. What did you just say? (laughs) Why did I hear 128? Well, we're on episode 128, but um, I'm like, uh, listens, like we're at one, like we're going to 20,000. Oh, that. You know that I don't even like to pay attention to listens. I know. I know. Whenever you send them to me, I'm like, those are individual people listening? That is stressful to me. I'm Um, letting the people know. In my my mind, I'm like, this is just a chat between you and I. And And our other thousand friends. Hi, guys. It's funny, though, because sometimes I forget, like, if this chat, like, I forget what I say in the podcast versus, like, when we talk before and after the podcast, and sometimes I'll get too casual on the podcast, and then somebody will be like, oh, yeah, like, blah, 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 and I'm like, how did you know that? And they're like, you on your podcast, and I'm like, oh, I thought, I forgot, because it's just, you know, we talk before and after, so it just gets real casual. It's. So anyways, this week, we're still in the middle of all of the craziness, um, Brianna Taylor's murders are still. Yeah, I was gonna say it's another great day to arrest Brianna Taylor's murderers anytime at yeah. any point. Yeah. So you know, I obviously like kind of what we've talked about before on the podcast, and just with the two of us, and with you know all of our other black friends, is that like we knew that there's just going to be some people that are just doing performative allyship and that after a week or two, they're going to be like, okay, like I did my black square and like I posted something. So I'm done now. Um, and, and some of these people like literally even went out to protest like during coronavirus, but got there basically like their photo op and then don't care anymore about the rest of it. Like they're like, Oh, it's like a one issue thing when it's not like a one issue thing. There's a lot of issues. Um, it was too stressful. That's what you didn't understand. Like this is so stressful for them. It's, it's hard. I have, yeah, I've seen a lot of that too. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like literally since, since uh, George Floyd's like murder, there's been, I think another 20 people killed by the police just since then. Um, and that number could be higher now. I saw that number yesterday. Um, so yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, it's not surprising. It's 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 continually been going on. It's not a new thing. Um, and something that I personally have realized is that a lot of white people and people of color that I know that are like acquaintances in my life, they do not listen to black voices because they are genuinely really shocked about everything that we go through from police brutality to microaggressions to how dangerous it is for black women to give birth in America. Um, They're just really shocked about all this. And I'm like, I don't get it because like people like Serena Williams have come out and like talk about like I almost died in childbirth. And like, there's still people that are like, wow, I just found out this information. So this is just a reminder. Like this should remind you to diversify your feed period, no matter what race you are. Like you need to be hearing from different people, no matter what religion you are, you need to be hearing from different people. If you're only hearing from people that are exactly like you, you, you're not going to know shit. And that's that. I mean, yeah, it just in life you should, especially because we have the opportunity now to choose the voices we get to listen to. Like there's stuff happening in Yemen that has never stopped happening, by the way. Yeah. People are very 
this. And I'm like, this genocide has been happening for like over a year plus this war. And so now it's, you know, critical that they get the help that they need. And of course they can't because, you know, we can only care about one issue at a time in this world. Um, we still haven't figured out how to solve the global pandemic crisis and the fact that we have been in a recession since February, which we did talk about on the show, about how to recession-proof your business. We called it. Well, spoiler alert, we've been in a recession in America since February. So I just would yeah. like people to be aware of being outside of your own bubble and being outside of your own space. Uh, this is kind of what I was talking about last week in which where I'm like, I don't have the time. Like, I, just, I can't physically educate people because... I knew this was going to happen. Because it's, <laughs> like, it's like a life. It's I knew it. I knew it. I knew the same people yeah. where, like, if you put out these genuine, heartfelt moments and you really try to express your experiences with race and racism or any issue in America that doesn't affect a large majority of people, people do not care. They'll be super nice to you in that moment. They'll be like, oh, yeah, it's so great. Da, da, da. I'm going to do better. They're not going to do better. They don't care. I Like, if you do better, good for you. Like, I'm not going to get you. don't deserve a medal. You're just being a good human being. And that's yeah, what I think yeah. everybody needs to understand. It's just be the best human you can possibly be to everyone on this earth. It's still pride. Just because we care about black lives doesn't mean I care less about pride. Black trans women are still being murdered in America. Like two or three have been murdered since George Floyd. Maybe four trans people have been murdered since George Floyd has been I, murdered. I'm four so, that I know of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, these things are still issues and I can't be laser focused on one thing, whatever, I have enough compassion as much as I can to spread around and be educated, at least educate the very least I could do. Yes. Is be educated about the things that are happening in the world around me yeah. outside of just my bubble. And I would just implore that everyone who listens to this podcast, because it is a business podcast, we do talk about business at the end of the day. I am still a business lady, but it's important that you as a person try to do your best to at least be educated on the things that are happening just outside of your like significant little bubble, your 120 followers or whatever you're doing, like just be a little better. So I think that if nothing else comes out of this Blackout Tuesday, at least you learned how to be a better person and we'll try to take that in strides with going forward. So, And I think that what people don't understand, you know, that sets us apart from a lot of the other business podcasts out there that are mostly run by white men, some run by white women, is that as business owners, as entrepreneurs, every single day we deal with being black. It affects our businesses all the time. Like people don't realize that unless they're living that truth. But like the reality is, is that if you're not like white and straight and cisgendered, then you probably are dealing with stuff that to do with your identity that also like runs into your business. So these two things go hand in hand for us. So like, it's not ever something that we separate. I've had people in the past literally like ask me point blank. Like when we were like in year two of the podcast and like every year for black history month, we'd have such a, you know, big celebration and emphasis on black history month. And they were like, well, why do you do that? Like, why do you talk so much about like blackness on the podcast? I'm like, cause we're black. <laughs> like I don't, I don't like, I don't understand like the question, like we don't get to like walk into work and like remove our blackness. That's still something. And that's, it's not even just obviously like if you own a business, like if you are, a person who works in an office or whatever, like you still have so many things that you have to deal with, with being black. Like we've talked on the podcast before about how, if you have, if you're a black woman that has natural hair, just all of the different 
ramifications of like being in the workplace and having natural hair and like what you have to deal with with that. There's just so many layers to it. Um, So it's just never something that we will stop talking about. And I think we both really try um, to not only like, like use our voices and uplift the voices of other black people, especially black femmes. But we also try to get to know a lot about other types of different marginalized groups of people. Um, And that's just something that I hope that we both always do. Um, And of course, like this week, we've had like major things to celebrate for the trans community and then also major setbacks. Um, You're going to talk about it. This is not a a politics podcast, but RBG, (laughs) you old, It's me. Um, I hope the pipeline comes to your house and like floods the pleasure home. Like you old lady. I'm yeah. so angry about this pipeline. It's kind of like a challenge because there's been stuff that like, oh, like something good will happen, but then you know, three bad things yeah. happen. Like so. you can uplift trans people or at least protect LGBTQ people from being fired, which doesn't really I mean like technically it does, but does it? Um yeah. you can't have that be a victory, quote unquote, and then at the same time like take all of our indigenous brothers and sisters and like run a effing pipeline through <laughs> like exactly. the, the earth. And then like that also like climate issues. I'm like, you guys, we just And the health issues for you know oh trans God. people oh, as well. Yes. So Ugh. there's just still a lot that people need to do and I think that at the end of the day, if you're like, where do I start? What do I do? I'm overwhelmed. I think that you just need to say to yourself, like, okay, all people deserve to be equal, right? So like, let's learn about different people. It's not all going to be in the same day. Let's learn about different people, different groups of people. And then as I learn about these people, I'll learn ways to A, better respect them, uh, B, to include them, and then C, to fight for their equality and uplift them. So it's, it's not a track me, as we said before, it is a marathon. Um, and it's just something that is, you know, it's you're signing up forever. Like it's not like yes, anti-racist right now. Racism work is lifetime work. Like it's not like a we're clocking in for June 2020, and then in July we're moving on to freedom. Like yeah. no, it's and every we, day. Like, we learn stuff all the time too. I actually just learned today, and I posted. Um, I may have posted on Facebook because I think uh, my um, sibling-in-law Matt shared it. But it was basically, so I already knew about like two-spirit people, which are, yes. uh, it's, it's native to America, Native Americans. And, you know, it's um, part of the trans community in the Native American culture is called two-spirit. Mm-hmm. And so I already knew about that, but there were so many other like indigenous people yes. around the world and it shared like what their names were and like the different things about them. And so it's, I, I'll, I'll share it so that like we can link to it. Um, Cause it was like somebody put together like kind of like a little slideshow that it probably originated on Instagram, but like Matt shared it on Facebook. And I was like, this is so great. I did not know this. And this is especially beneficial stuff to know as I travel so that if I get a chance to like advocate for those communities when I travel and stuff too, then I can do so. So just the more, you know, the better, but it's like, no one knows everything. Like I think a lot of like white people, especially are like, well, I don't know everything. So I'm, I'm so stressed about it and I'm sad and I'm upset and I don't know everything. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you just got here. Like, of course you don't know everything. I don't know everything about the, like, you know, blackness. Like I don't know everything about blackness i've been black for 33 years because not everybody's gonna know every single thing that's ever happened in history and every single person that's made a contribution like you're gonna learn things as you go and it's just a lifelong journey and it's it's honestly it is literally just a journey of being a good person that's it (laughs) like it's not that complicated so today we're talking about (laughs) i mean you have it nicely you just have juneteenth i'm going to talk about it as the commercialization of juneteenth because 
it's now a thing where yeah. everyone's well, finding out about Yeah, it. we'll talk about the history of it and the commercialization of it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Black Joy after because I thought it would be good to talk about that instead of just all the, uh, the sad stuff because we need to pay attention to both. But yeah, so why don't you start out with a little bit of, or do you want me to? Little black history facts. There used to, um, if anybody was forced to, and, and a lot of black people were, that their parents would listen to Tom Joyner in the morning, they would do little black history facts and it was like sponsored by McDonald's. And there was like a, like a drum, like, of course, because racism in the 90s, uh, you know, like, and there was yeah. like an African drum that would play and it'd be like, anyway, imagine that music's playing as I tell you the little black history fact about Juneteenth. And it's the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. This is United States specific. Um, It is not just general black history. It's literally just a celebration of the ending of slavery. That's it. For some reason, this week has turned into, we are going to talk about black history. Like it's an extra black history day. It is a day that we celebrate because of black history, but it's not like you can't just start talking about Rosa Parks in conjunction with Juneteenth for your corporation. Those things don't correlate. They don't have anything to do with each other. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh God. Are I people just, starting to do that? Girl, yes. Oh, God. Yes. Um, there is an app that I, it's funny because I actually do use this app because somebody linked it. We were having a conversation about this uh, brand wants to talk about Juneteenth. This is bad. I feel like my conversation, I feel like I talked about it last week, and this is also part of the reason why I don't want to talk about it is because I have to do this corporate work as well as being like a black woman of, in America of now like being part of conversations with brands and consulting, et cetera, about how they're approaching these quote unquote sensitive issues because they're sensitive to people who don't like talking about race. So brands are now, I guess, feeling like they have to recognize Juneteenth as a holiday this year because of the rye i don't know the uprising i don't yeah sure um so one of the things that people are doing or they're suggesting they're doing is like talk about black history but i'm like you can't be broad you either talk about juneteenth specific things or you don't talk about it at all so really that's it's kind of like emancipation day so to speak that's what a lot of people call it outside Mm -hmm. of juneteenth i've heard it called emancipation day i um it really kind of fell down and like didn't really people weren't into it and then of course in the 60s as the civil rights movement came back and we were trying to find ourselves amongst ourselves in America around the civil rights movement we kind of picked it back up and a lot of um, families specifically in the southwest because Texas it's an official state holiday there it has now become an official paid holiday in Virginia like this week Um, and just for background for those of you who like really aren't familiar with it like it the reason why it's so big of a deal in Texas is because that is, that is where yeah. the like you know it Thanks was red, like the like the last um, enslaved people were freed in Texas, and that was yeah. about two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation. But they didn't have enough Union soldiers to like go actually tell everybody, right. so it took them two and a half years. Yes. To actually get to the people in Texas that were enslaved and like tell them, actually, you are free. And so those were the light. And that's one thing that I will say that is so significant to me, though, is that we didn't choose the day when the first person who was enslaved was free. We chose the day that the like we were all free. And I think that's very significant. Um, So that like that happened in Texas. And that's why 
I think if I'm not mistaken, again, I'm, I'm not, I don't spend a lot of time in Texas, but um, in Texas, it's still a much bigger deal than like the rest of the Yeah, it's, pretty, it's definitely a giant deal in Texas versus some of the other states. And of course, it's up to your family and your heritage yeah. and you know and the people you're around. But it's coming up in conversations because it's Friday, <laughs> the 19th. Um, and that's really the corporatization of it is that corporate America now is trying to do better at diversifying and uplifting black voices, which is not a bad thing. Like I'm not going to bash when I say, Oh, you shouldn't do this, but it is very performative. And it does feel like kind of a handout, like, Oh, well, we'll throw you a Juneteenth bone and we'll forget the fact that we have no black leaders on our leadership board. And that's what's yes, happening. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're going to talk about how we celebrate Juneteenth or what we're planning on doing to celebrate Juneteenth or what you could possibly do as a, non-BIPOC or a non-Black person of color, what you can do to kind of uplift Black voices on Juneteenth and not feel as corporate or performative. And honestly, my I, I love when people just don't say anything. <laughs> my number one recommendation is if you can't come up with something that's honest and relatable, that would be effective. Don't post about it like just go to somebody else's page and upload their post or share their post or share their information you don't have to create a juneteenth graphic to show that you care about black people i don't know yeah why it's becoming the standard for social media right now like so frustrating that so many people are having conversations i'm like just go to a black artist or black brand or black owned company and share the work that they're going to talk about in Juneteenth. because i'm sure it's going to come from an honest place versus you trying to dig that's what's happening is a lot of companies are trying to dig literally like dig up things really quickly to turn this and turn this content out. And it's just not worth it. Like it's very performative. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So as a child, um, I knew about Juneteenth. I don't really remember where I learned about it. I probably just read about it on my own because I did a lot of that. Um, my mom did not tell us anything about it because she was convinced that we lived in a post-racial society and my dad didn't tell anything about it because he was not around half the time. So basically I did not celebrate it when I was in elementary school. In middle school, I, I had friends that celebrated it. And so I started celebrating it with their families and kind of did that middle school and high school. Um, and then like as an adult, I celebrated it as well. Um, and I think there's a lot of different ways to celebrate it, but typically like I've done a lot of, um, block parties and like, you know, celebrations, like get togethers, gatherings, things like that. Um, which I think is an awesome way to celebrate. I, I think it's, to me, it's like, it's layered. I like to do lots of things when I was in elementary school because I wasn't celebrating it, but I knew about it. It was just a day that I just felt sad and weird. If that makes sense. Like, I don't, I know it's like, it's, it's a celebration. It's a good thing, but it just made me think about uh, the history of slavery as it, when I was a kid. So I would just kind of like be in my feelings that day and just kind of be like, I can't believe that this happened. And it was not that long ago. And that the white people that I know seem to act like it was a really long time ago, but I'm a child looking at the dates and like, this seems like it was way too close. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> that was me as a kid. But now I really, one of the things that I like to do is I still like, so I guess as a kid, I was doing a lot of reflecting, right? Um, so I like to like learn, reflect, celebrate. Um, so for me, like the learning, it's just, it's ongoing. There's so much history, um, that is just not shared in school. Like we don't teach black history, even during black history month. That's the thing is like what they do. And I know this because I'm married to a teacher and he's taught every grade level. Um, what they do is they put up bulletin boards 
And they'll do like one or two projects for the month and they'll be like black history, but they don't actually teach like anything for the most part. Like they'll be like, there was a man named Martin Luther King and because of him, everyone is equal. And that's literally the lesson and that's it. Um, And then they just put up a bulletin that will have like a few different uh, people who were involved in the civil rights movement. And that's truly what what Black History Month in American schools is um, for the most part, unless you're going off book um, and that's at you know the discretion of the teacher, but it's certainly not something that they uh, advise you to do or that they ever even talk about. So we really don't learn any Black history in schools. So I think it's just something that is important to always be learning, um, just like the history of other cultures as well. So I think it's that's that's part of the day for me. It's like, what can I learn new? Is there anything that I don't know? Is there anything I need to brush up on? Um, and then just kind of like taking some time to reflect whatever way that that works for you. And then celebrating with, you know, friends and family or by yourself, whatever works for you. For me personally, I haven't worked on Juneteenth in a very long time um, because I own my own business. So I decided that I'm not going to work on Juneteenth. And so for 12 years, like I've owned my business and I'm like, I'm not working on that day, but I've never worked for an employer that like before that, that has ever suggested that I could take that day off. Um, and I've never heard of any of my friends being in that situation where they can take the day off for Juneteenth. Now, a lot of people will kind of do a similar celebration to like what July 4th is. So like barbecues are really popular, like block parties are really popular, things like that. Um, so people will kind of do that. Um, but then there's like some traditional elements like serving like a red drink or red food, things like that um, also happen. But I never like as a kid, July 4th made me really uncomfortable. And I, I didn't really know why, like how to put into words. But people were just like way too hyped about the American flag. Am I the only one who feels this way? Like <laughs> It was just like and, and again, like I was celebrating with like all white people. And again, like I like. Mm. That That sounds so bad. I'm so sorry for you. (laughs) It was really stressful. Like in elementary school, I would celebrate with all white people. And then we'd go to like normally a place, like we might go to like my uncle's, like my uncle, I remember one of my uncles lived at like um, a place that had like a public pool and we'd go there and there'd be more white people. So these white people weren't related to me, right? So I'm there and I'm like the only black kid and everyone's like, America, yeah, American flags. And I was just like, this is so intense and I don't get it. And I just like, I didn't, you know, like I was a little kid. So like, all I really knew was like, this is the day that like we became free or whatever from, you know, the UK or whatever. But it just seemed like it was like old white guys in wigs. And I knew a lot, I like I was starting to learn about how things went down, like the real Thanksgiving and things like that. So I was just like, this seems like really not a good holiday, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't celebrate July 4th anymore. I haven't probably like, I mean, we haven't been into it in a, for a while. I can tell you the last four years I've been like anti July 4th, which a lot of people don't like. And I've gotten to fights with people on Facebook about it, but I don't care. Um, so yeah, that's me and my Juneteenth. Well, let's hear about yours. Hopefully yours as a child was better. <laughs> No, I we didn't celebrate it. So I'm like, we didn't we, we didn't celebrate you too. It's not a wasn't a thing. Like it just wasn't a thing in our house. I don't know if like middle Georgia the the slaves there didn't get the memo because they were still slaving away real late past the people in Texas. They didn't understand really? the freedom. They didn't get the call. I didn't know back. that. 
the people and there's a lot of conversations now that I'm thankful like that are popping up but I realize now again it's one of those things like everybody didn't know uh after slavery was done there were still people who chose either chose or didn't know or felt like they were indebted to whatever the case may be there's still people who worked as indentured slaves or even as free people still worked the same jobs as they did when they were slaves. Yeah. So they still did the same things, but there's still people who literally like didn't know they were free. Like if you didn't, if you were not educated in any capacity, unless you're, you know, the owner of you came and said, Hey, guess what? You're really, who's doing that? Nobody's volunteering that information. So there are lots of people who worked for decades afterwards who didn't know. And there wasn't like there was, you know, the slave patrol where they were driving around being like, there shouldn't be no slaves there. Those people are free. They were kind of like, eh, you know, it is what it is. Because it really, it was, the war was about the slaves, but at the same time, there were still people in the North who had slaves. And, so it, really, I just, there's and so many... it also wasn't, because at the end of the day, right. like, like, Lincoln even came out himself, and there is an actual quote where he says, if ending slavery gets everybody back together, then I would do it. If enabling right. it gets everybody back together, I would do it. Whatever would keep the union together, I would do it. That's paraphrasing, but that is basically what he said. Literally, as a president would. Um, why anybody's surprised by any president's yeah. actions in 2020 is beyond me because it's they've been that way. Um, so that kind of was the case with my family, and they didn't celebrate Juneteenth. Like Juneteenth was a thing I learned about younger, but I didn't really. I still don't. It's not that I don't celebrate it because I don't like celebrating things. I also I'm not a big celebrations person. If anyone yeah. knows me, I'm You're very not. much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much a Grinchy Soul Christmas. Like, I like to spice up the decor, or put on a theme to film, or learn something new, or like go to a different place. But I'm not a big party person. We haven't owned a house, so I haven't had any reason to barbecue or grill. I've not done it since I've lived at home, like as an adult. I, we don't go to barbecues, it's not a thing that we do. So I just, I, like, I celebrate it in my heart. Like, yeah, happy Juneteenth. I'm going to go back to work because I love working. And, um, and of course, I do. Holiday. Yeah, give me the holiday. <laughs> so clearly, um, I've been more um, made it more of a, a point to educate my daughter about it yeah, and kind of understanding yeah. what it means because that's and important that's to me. But it. exactly, um, I'm not. Yeah, I just don't. Not that it's, it's not important because it is important. If people want something, it's fine. I just I'm not a bit. And, and again, anybody who knows me is not surprised with information. I'm not a big celebration human being like it's just like yay and this for me it's like one of those holidays that i it's pretty much just like john and i you know like i'm not like yeah i don't have people over and stuff um and so that'll obviously be the same this year because coronavirus Um, still here she's still here like at the (laughs) most i would maybe have like you know a couple or two over like not now but i mean like normal for juneteenth and just like come over to have a meal or whatever um, but yeah, a lot of churches have celebrations and things like that. If it wasn't coronavirus right now, I would be like, check out a local church, like see if there's a barbecue or a block party or whatever. But yeah. it's coronavirus, so like now I'm gonna be like, do that in your house. Yeah, um, there are because, black-owned restaurants who are doing like deals, yes. and obviously please go support those places. Yeah. Um sales all the time, support those um businesses. That's the way I would recommend today if you're unsure of what to do or you just feel like you're unsure, you don't know what to do, at least put some dollars behind a Black-owned business or support a cause, donate towards a cause. And if that's the least you can do, it's better than... Absolutely. 
Um, one of the things that um, is going on right now that I'm loving, well, first of all, the wrap life just got in like a whole bunch of stuff that they didn't have in for a really long time. So if you're looking for a head wrap or if you ever see me in my Oh, yeah. I'm like, I've been sending my... people to them and yeah. they've been out of wraps. People so. ask me about mine all the time and I'm like, that's the one that I go to. So I sign up to find out like if I see one, I sign up to find out like when it will be back in stock. And it'll sometimes take a while. The, the last two that I ordered, it took a while for them to come back in. But I just ordered them like two days ago. Um, but then another thing that's happening is, um, let me make sure I know the name of, so it's Amistad Books, A-M-I-S-T-A-D Books. Um, they decided to like come up with this awesome thing where it's like, let's show our power and clout in the publishing industry from June 14th to June yes. 20th. We encourage you to purchase any two books by black writers. Um, and so I bought 10 the other day. I bought 10 and ordered those. Um, and then we were just kind of ordering them all week because honestly, we had kind of put ourselves on a book freeze because we were just like, we know we might be, we were like, we might be moving soon and we don't want to have more books because it's more to move. But then we were just like, you know what? Everything's crazy and terrible. Let's just get more books because they make us happy. And now we have a great reason to get them. So we've just been ordering books nonstop this week. Um, so yeah, that's a definite good thing to do as well is try to order books this week and, you know, help get that, uh, number up. And that's something, again, anyone can do. You don't have to be black to do these things and participate in these things. Yeah. So Yay. I think that's kind of the wrapping up on Juneteenth. If, if you I have any, like, yeah. If you have yeah. any, um, information or like cool, like maybe there's like cool virtual celebrations going on or something like let us know and we'll definitely share it to the Instagram for the podcast. And, uh, that way we can help you get the word out there. So definitely let us know. Um, but yeah, we want to talk about black joy because, you know, we're obviously talking a lot about black pain as and the nation is and the world is and as we should because we deal with it a lot. But also black joy is an amazing, beautiful thing. And I love black joy. And it's, you know, black culture is kind of um, stolen around the world. And it's celebrated, but without us in it, right? It's like they want the culture, but they're not interested in black joy. So that's really something that I want to be because I can't focus just on the struggle all the time because I will have a mental breakdown uh, because it's you can't you can't just 100% be there all the time. Um, so I'm trying to kind of balance my sharing and my uh, and, and just my learning as well between the struggle and the joy. Um, so I kind of wanted to go over some different if you're like wondering like, okay, well, how do I participate in black joy? Like for black people, a lot of this is already going to be like, well, we already know this. Um, but for people of color, white people, like I, to me, it is an act of resistance to celebrate black joy. If you're, if you're black, it's an act of resistance to be joyous, right? To just live in that black joy. That's an act of resistance in itself. Uh, but if you are white and if you are a person of color, like partaking in these things and enjoying these things and celebrate these things, uplifting these things, sharing them to your group, of white people or uh, people of color, that is also a form of resistance. And that's one that when you're feeling a little bit too exhausted from post-testing or from, you know, educating yourself and whatever, when you need a break, this is how you take a break, but you still are, you know, moving, moving the, uh, what is it, the dial forward. Um, so first thing I want to start out with is music. So what is the music, Angelica, that brings you black joy? This week, 
Chloe and Halle, yes. the ungodly hour. There's no other music. Like I don't. <laughs> were there the songs that came out? I don't know. Definitely not that J Cole song. So you know, go stream <laughs> Chloe and Halle's. Uh, yes. Chloe and Halle Bailey, the sisters. Uh, one of them is an actual Disney princess. Yeah. Go listen to the ungodly hour. It is magical. If the ungodly hour is too woke for you, you can downgrade to the earlier albums. They have angelic voices. They it sure were, do. It's it's crazy, actually. Yeah, I don't. The they're just so melodic, and I think that's very much. It gives me um, like I'm listening to a lot of like soul, folky, like yes, music same. right now. Um, I don't know if that's like my song of summer. I feel like I'm listening like you should be barefoot in like a bayou or something. Um, so I'm listening to a lot of like that kind of music, and their voices just completely complement the other kind of tangy southern more voices that i've been listening to so definitely go check that album out i love that yeah i found myself like you know in moments where it's like really particularly rough like i find myself like going all the way back to like you know marvin gay and sam cook and bill withers and kind of just like having that sort of moment i'm so sad about bill Withers still yes mr Withers. john was just like going on a rant on it today because he's just like this is still very upsetting same Um, and then when i'm in like my black girl magic mode like the other day i was driving home from a trader joe's run which they're very stressful um and i like i have to drive through disney to get home and there's like disney's like essentially shut down so it's just a whole bunch of very empty roads and it's like really actually an enjoyable ride because people don't realize this, but like on Disney property, it's like mostly it's, I think like most of it or a lot of it is conservation lot. So I was just like driving through mm-hmm. empty conservation lot and there's a lot of deer and like wildlife, but a lot of times they don't come out cause there's people everywhere. So there were literally like, I had to drive kind of slow because there were like deer everywhere and stuff like that. And I literally stopped on the side of the road and took a photo of, well, I didn't even, pull over I just stopped because there's no one <laughs> for so long but I stopped to take a photo of the uh sunset because it was like so beautiful and I was just like blasting Janelle Monet, and I was just like this is such a wonderful black girl magic moment and I wish all the moments were like this but yeah when I'm kind of in that mode it's definitely like Janelle Monet, Lizzo, Solange you know that kind of thing when I when I want to listen to something like newer although I will say like a seat at the table Solange's album like that I think is like forever my favorite album. Like I know she's put out new music since then, but that's what I just find myself always going back to and just like hitting play. And I just want to like listen to the whole thing over and over and over again. Um, I'm also really obsessed with Kelly Rowland's new song, Coffee. Coffee is so good. I have to watch the video too when I'm listening to it because it is one of my favorite music videos of all time. Like, the fact wow. that it's truly one of the most visually well done music videos that it's dropped in the middle of a pandemic. So <laughs> also, I feel like Chloe and Halle's um, the duet video is also very pretty in that yes. way. I feel like a lot yeah. of the music videos that have come out have been gorgeous. And I'm like, oh. how is this happening? Because we're in a pandemic, you know? Yeah, like just absolutely beautiful. So, and I think music is just such a, like, I mean, we're just, we just dominate music. We're just great at it. Sorry. It's just true. Um, so yeah, I, I just, I think that's like, there's so much of, um, the story of like black people's joy that has been throughout our music. Um, you know, that 
it just tells like the story of who we are over time. So there's so much beautiful music out there, but whether you're like listening to old stuff, listening to new stuff, whatever, like there's so much joy to be found in that. So those are some of our suggestions, but we would love to hear, you know, what you are listening to as well. Um, I think dance is a big one, whether it's like all the people like that are dancing on TikTok and like, I do not know her name now. I'm going to feel terrible, but the girl who made up the Savage video, um, I know that I have her name somewhere on my Instagram, so I should look. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of girls that, you know, black girls who are making up these awesome dances to like different songs and it's like going viral and stuff. So that's super fun. And that's like a great form of just like resistance and celebrating black joy. And I'm also obsessed with like the, um, two French dancers that are twins. Do you know who I'm talking about? They're just like amazing. Um, um, they're amazing. Like Google black French twins dancers and you will not be disappointed. Trust me. <laughs> I know it's so sounds very yeah. random, but trust me, you will be we'll like, put actual links in the show. Yes, we'll, I'm going to, yeah, we'll, we'll put the links in there. Uh, they're called like less twins, but I don't know their actual names, but that's what their like stage name is. Um, they're just truly phenomenal. Like watching them dance is amazing. Also, like, visual art, which, hello, you have a lot of visual art that's about to be coming out. I mean, it's not as good as, like, actual talented people. <laughs> like, <low. Stop. laughs> lower your expectations. Lower your expectations because it's I not going actually, great over here. I just um, used one of your cards and sent it to Margot for her birthday it's earlier this month. And she, like... She was looking, I guess she was like looking at the card and she like loved the card and she like put it up in her house. And then like she texted me like four days later and she was like, Oh my gosh, I just looked at the back of the card and then Joke, I made this card. And I was like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> she was like, and she's like, and I always knew, like you told me that she had a paper shop, but like this, she made this card. And I was like, Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm very excited um because I'm gonna buy everything. I forgot because clearly i'm mom brain maybe i don't know just uh, trauma you forget things on purpose uh how much stuff i had done with the paper shop when it was like active and so when it, i feel like the, it's just like because quarantine's been happening i guess people have been at home more and so people are like showing more snapshots of their office or their home or like whatever and i'm like or even if I go visit a friend and I'm like, you still have that? Why is this still in your house? Like, throw it in the garbage. Like, what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, I have like three of your prints um, in my office. So I, so. yeah, you, we'll, we'll talk about it in the show because I don't want to talk about it too much because there are actual real good visual artists out here and I don't want to impose on that work. Um, well, so Black Artist Space. <laughs> I was going to say, I just shared a graphic to our Instagram that has a whole bunch and I guess I'll just reshare it like tomorrow too yeah. so people see it. Um, but definitely check out the Black Artist Space account on Instagram. It is amazing. Like, it's beautiful, visual artist. Um, it, I enjoy looking at art of all forms. And so, for me, people who are way more talented, who have time and talent with, like, paints and acrylics and charcoals and sculpting and all kinds of things. So, this uh, account is phenomenal and it's exposed me to so many great artists over the past couple of weeks as I've needed the inspiration to get through the mess that I'm putting myself into. Yeah. I think that also let's just go ahead and make a highlight um, on our Instagram page that shares some of our favorite black artists. So that way you can see them all on there and it's a lot easier than us like listing them all out for you in the podcast. Yes, so I will always um, also 
point out, always go back to Krista David Art. She was yes. on our podcast on an episode. We'll put a link to that. She has her site back up. She is because I had um, referred her earlier well, last year, earlier in the year. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Um, but her art is back up. You can get the prints. You can get the original pieces. She is fully going 100 steam head. So please go to KristaDavidArt.com and buy a print. I still think that Lemonade Collage is one of my favorite pieces that she has ever done. And I need to put it in my house. I need to get one for like a big one. Um, so I'm like trying to save my coins. So I don't want to cut her off. I'm like, you need all your money. So yeah, I'll put her link in the show notes as well as her link to her episode where she talks about being a visual artist because she had a career and left that career and completely just became an artist and followed her heart. And she's been doing the thing and moved to Atlanta and she's amazing. So we'll put a link to that show to her in the show notes as well. Yes. Um, I loved that episode. I learned so much. Um, and then also fashion is another big one. Um, so there was like the virtual fashion show that the brand Hanifa, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, but it's H A N I F A. Um, and the woman yes. who owns it is a black woman and she was in, like, a lot of her work is inspired by like, you know, uh, Africa and the Congo. And like, you know, she just makes beautiful pieces. And, and it's funny because, so she did this like brand new concept that's never been done. And then a big brand copied her like a few weeks later. I can't remember what the brand is, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. But it's just like that typical, you know, typical, typical thing that we've seen a million times, but yeah, her designs are beautiful. Um, so she's obviously killing the game. Um, and then, you know, I think that because everything that's going on, we're about to see a lot of brands that are going to reach out to black women to like represent their brands uh, as influencers and stuff like that. Hopefully they are doing it for the right reasons and they continue to do it instead of just doing it right now. But I think that two people that have been um, fashion influencers for a while and have not been like the norm and are both black and that have both been killing it for a while are Christabel Plummer um of what I want you to know she's like a blogger from the UK that um showcases a lot of like color she's um Jamaican but is also British um and so she has a lot of that influence in her clothing and stuff and a lot of her clothing like tells a story which I really love and she travels a lot and like picks up pieces from everywhere so she's definitely someone to follow and then um color me courtney who is amazing at show like at showing how to use color um i'm definitely somebody that like wears a lot of black and like i can show like i love color on other people and i have like a very colorful like office and stuff but when it comes to wearing it like i'm always just like this is like stressful i'm just gonna wear all black because it's like easier um, but she does a really good job at showing you how to bring color into your wardrobe. And I love that she's also really curvy because it makes it easier for me to see like how something would actually fit. Um, so yeah, I, like yeah. they've already been working with brands that like, if you look at the brands they've already worked with, they're brands that are like inclusive of, you know, different types of size people and different looking people and black people. So, and they're, they're joyous. Like both of their feeds are just full of like color and happiness and, amazing yeah. i love it i've been in the same room as courtney for like a weekend um she is the most colorful person i've ever seen and i it's just like a brightness like her pictures i feel like that filter of whatever the brightness is in her pictures it just falls her around yeah. <laughs> so it can be like raining on one side of like a room and in her side of the room it is light on her brightness and shining and a rainbow came out of somewhere and it's like 
cool. What is happening? Um, yeah. I also want to add Marie Danae onto that list. She's the curvy fashionista. Marie yes. is an OG blogger, obviously. Like, they're like put Gabby Fresh onto the game. Like, so OG. She's one of our clients. We've worked with her. She's so down to earth, so chill. She's had her own conference, has gotten so many brands to work with plus size influencers, kind of like created the roadmap, so to speak, about like just being a blogger talking about plus size fashion. So always want to put Marie on because she just recently did a spotlight on BT talking about her work and as a blogger and an influencer. So I will put a link in the show notes to that as well as the two other ladies who are also amazing but it's just so funny because when you, every time somebody says color me Courtney and I'm like oh, I saw that commercial and I'm like she's a commercial yeah and that's what she looks like you know on tv is what she looks like in real life and I feel like she has lights that shine from somewhere like God just smiles upon her favorably she is seriously <laughs> just like a joyous person and the nicest person it's wild to me it's so nice it's wild she's so nice this is gonna sound so corny but she has like a megawatt smile that like it lights up the literally world. it really is, does though. it really it does is. Um, and she's been like, you know, sharing a lot of like happy content through all of this, which has been really helpful for me. And she also just dropped a line with Rent the Runway. And I'm really excited about that because, um, you know, kind of going like going back to just like the point of fashion and everything like, you know, I've, I try to do a lot more like sustainable like options with fashion, which of course isn't always um, something that we can all access. It's not something that's always easy for everybody. But what's cool about like Rent the Runway is that like it's creating less clothing, you know, and then like different people are renting it. So I'm really excited to like next time I have an event, which God knows when that will be, um, but trying to like rent one of those pieces because what's cool is they're like pieces that again fit like people with like butts and boobs and that sort of thing. So yeah, super, super awesome. Um, next area is hair and makeup, which let me tell you, I am the worst about these. And I feel like I don't know a lot of people that are, I, there's a million people spreading black joy in the hair and makeup community for sure. I just am the worst with hair and makeup. So <laughs> we'll link to somebody else's list. Well, That's what we'll do. We'll, and we'll, we'll move on. To some <laughs> other list. I know that we are going to have Amber Curry on the podcast in a few weeks and she is phenomenal. She runs um, a studio like a salon in uh, Nashville and she it's, it's kind of like part hair studio, part like visual art studio and she really just like advocates for like black joy and just like celebrating blackness in all its forms and my friend Morgan like that's where she goes to get her hair done and she's just like it's just an experience like so I've actually I was putting coins away to go um see her and have her do my hair when I was in Nashville uh, but obviously I didn't get to go because everything going on. Um, but like literally when it is safe to go outside again, I will be going to Nashville to get my hair done by her. So she's definitely doing amazing things in that scene. And I would definitely recommend uh, following her. Um, so yeah, we'll link to a few uh, hair and makeup people that are doing big things um, down there and like some lists from others who can speak on that more than we can. What I can speak on though <laughs> is books. <laughs> Big surprise. Um, so like I was saying, like there's the whole book thing that we're, you know, participating this week to like buy books from black authors. So I have like a long list and I'm actually going to do a 
unboxing um on my instagram like later today so i'll just like keep that on my stories but could you yeah if you keep it in your like could you igtv it and then we could put a link to it yeah i was debating if i should do igtv or if i should do like a story because like i don't like i'm not i don't know igtv is weird um because it's like i don't know i guess i'll do that though and yeah i'll put a link to it so that we can keep it but oh my goodness so many amazing books by black authors have come out in just the last few years. It's crazy. So obviously like I've always read books by black authors, but like, I will be honest, a lot of them have been heavier reads, right? Um, there wasn't always that element of black joy in them. Of course there are exceptions, but you know, overall, like if you said to yourself, I'm only going to read artists or read books by black women this year, like you were going to read a lot of stuff that was going to be very, very heavy. Um, but, and that's not, it's, that's important too. Right. But we're talking about black joy today. So some like books that are joyous, like there's just been a ton that have come out that are like fantasy novels and like rom-coms and just all sorts of things that are just like really funny and really happy, but that also happen to be written by black people. Um, and I have a lot of friends in the book community that have said like, yeah, they didn't really experience like seeing a lot of, you know, books by black women that had that like joyous quality to them until kind of recently. Um, but one of the books that I'm reading right now is Get a Life, Chloe Brown. Um, and it's like a rom-com type of book. It's really fun. The uh, protagonist is a black girl who is living in England and she also has a disability. So you learn a lot about that through it as well, which is really cool. Um, I've picked up A Song of Race and Ruin by Roseanne A. Brown, and I'm very, very excited to read that. It's more of like a fantasy novel. Um, then there's Dread Nation that's by Justina Ireland. Um, so that one looks really good, too. Uh, there's A Song Below Water by Bethany C. Morrow. Um, so just so many great books have come out that are a little bit more on that joy side of things. So we'll definitely share like that list that I'm going to when I do the little video because, yeah, there's a lot of them. And like I said, I like I already have a lot of books. I just did another haul. But I'm this whole week, I'm just kind of ordering books daily because I just... I, I don't know how it's all calculated. So in my thought process, I was like, if I just keep ordering like five or six books at a time and I do it daily for the whole week, that's probably like the best route, right? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, rather than do like one massive order, I was like, I'm going to do like multiple orders so that they just keep seeing the orders come in. That could be something <laughs> I made up in my mind. I don't know for sure because I don't know who to ask in the industry. There's someone like packaging a book to Charisma O'Keefe <laughs> like for the fourth time this week and they are... And, I, and, and that's the other thing too is that I've been ordering from different areas, right? So okay, so then you're fine. Yeah, as long so, as it's not the same book place, like if it's the same bookstore, then somebody is like, "Girl, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing it like this?" So I've been ordering from some black-owned bookstores because I obviously wanted to support like black-owned bookstores. But I also ordered some books from Barnes and Noble, and the reason why is because like yes, I know that they're corporate, but at the same time, like. They, they are obviously a really large company and their book sales matter as well. And they're going to look at their sales and say, oh, we're selling a lot of books, you know, to, to or by black people, not necessarily to buy black people. And so maybe let's put those books in the front. Maybe let's make a display, you know, whatever. So I need to like let 
Barnes and Noble know as well. And like, you know, more of the corporate people know, Hey, we have buying power here. We have spending power here as well, but I don't obviously want to buy and support all of my books from there. So I've been trying to diversify it up. And the way that I've decided on places is literally like, where are the states that like, I feel like either maybe need it the most or like have really awesome black communities or like states that like I have some sort of tie to and I love. So yeah. obviously we'll I have, put a link. Yeah. I have um, stores that I've been to in New York cause I'm there all the time. So like I have stores there that like I already love in person. So I've supported some of those, but yeah, there's definitely like almost one black bookstore at least in every state. So no matter where you want to support from, there's great options. Yeah, we'll put a link as there's been a, a few lists circulating around that are just helpful Black-owned bookstores to um, support. And then always uh, the Wedding Date series by Jasmine yes. Joy. Like, I, so it's the only, cute. like, stupid, hinky thing that I read that's, like, light and it's silly. Because so she's good at I know a lot of people like Terry McMillan as well I am not a, a big Terry McMillan fan I actually prefer Jasmine's work just her writing style works with me a little bit more but they're both like big rom-com writers right now in the space that have been writing and the wedding date series is just it's funny because I like I haven't read it all like in order so the books I've been reading I'm like oh yeah that person was in book one or that yeah. person you know what I mean so there's five books now in the series. She just re- she's releasing a book next week. She like, has been the twenty third. Them girl, out. girl. Yeah, she should. Like, um, so go buy her books. She's um, not the, playing games. She is like seriously. Like I can't think of an author like that I remember in re- recent memory who has put out books. Like she's like I am not here to play. I am ready with these books, and they are coming out, and I love to see it. And um, Angie Thomas is also the writer of The Hate You Give. Is working on her first sci fi. Uh, yeah, book which so is going to be really exciting so when you buy these books as well by black authors be sure to go back and rate and review them because ratings and reviews mm-hmm. matter if you've been following the publishing paid me hashtag on twitter you've seen the different stories and the discrepancies amongst people of color and black people versus their counterparts who are authors this is just one guy who made like 100k signing bonus off his first book and it's still like the craziest story to me because he's like I don't know why I got this money. I don't understand. And everybody's like, who is this guy? And what is this book? Compared to somebody like Angie or Roxanne Gay, who only made $15,000 for um, Bad Feminist, which which is is bananas. That is crazy. So, uh, yeah, we'll put some links in the show notes to Black-owned book uh, stores as well as these authors. By the way, like, so a lot of people already know about Goodreads. But I just found out the other day that there's a beta mode of a new like platform that was built by a black woman. And it's basically like Goodreads, but way better from what I've heard. So I just started the process of like, because you can import your like Goodreads list into it. So I've been debating like, am I going to import it? Am I going to like, I'll probably just import it. But yeah, so I'm going to import that and try it because I haven't been updated on Goodreads. So I'm like, I'm going to update or whatever. And I'll share a link to, we'll share a link to that in the show notes too. But that is probably what I'm going to go forward and like start using instead of Goodreads. So that's just, uh, just another way to, you know, support, support black. And again, again, from what I've heard, it's just people are like, it's just better than Goodreads. Like the, I guess the way it's laid out or whatever, the interface is just like easier to use and it makes more sense. And I guess it's easier to get recommendations. So I'm excited to play around with that. 
Um, so movies, the movies that bring you black joy, all the black joy vibes. What are those for you? Um, <laughs> I bet you already could guess the first one of mine. I don't. What, what's out right now? Like, I'm, are we new movies or talking about old movies? I like, mean, what any, is the, just any that bring you black joy. For I me, the first you. one is Black Panther. I mean, well, all day, every day, as you know, leaves, <laughs> leaves the room. As you know, I, I remember when you when I found out that you came to my neighborhood to see your other friend who lives here and watch Black Panther, and I was hurt. I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, because I live in this neighborhood too, and I too yeah. went to watch Black Panther. <laughs> it was not me; it was my child. I know, so therefore, you and me, the child went to be. And a meanwhile, she- she's over here mad that she didn't know that we got a dog, and I'm like, well, I didn't know you were watching Black Panther, little girl. So how about that? Maybe when you can tell me when you're watching Black Panther in my neighborhood, then I'll tell you that we have a dog. But she only didn't know because it was quarantine. <laughs> That's the only reason why. <laughs> Um, also, like the Wiz is just like so classic. Coming oh my to America, word! The, the Wiz is also, It's so funny because so many people are like, "I'm introducing the Wiz to my kids this year," and I'm like, "Does the Wiz not terrify anybody else but me? Am I the only person?" And I will watch anything. Ah, I can so watch. Funny. Me and Jordan Peele can be best friends. I can watch him anytime of day. Oh, like I man. love horror movies, but the Wiz when they are in that parking garage. You can't tell me that is not of demon time. That Get is it out of so here. Funny. Get it out. Oh my god. I don't want any parts of it. No thanks. No, I'm totally Bye. fine with that. But Jordan Peele movies scare me to the point where, like, sometimes in the middle of the night, I'm thinking about them, and then I'm like, "Oh, Jordan Peele, I hate you, but I love you." It's been so long since I've watched us that it, I'm truly hurt by it. Like, I'm like, "Why has it been so long? I need to be, go be friends." Yeah, uh, sit down, they, and watch this Heather, and watch Lupita. His the best performance literally scare me, and they make me think too much too. So I'll just like my brain will be unraveling for like an hour thinking about you know the different concepts that he has in his films, and I am just terrified. That to me, it is not joyous. <laughs> it is not joyous <laughs> at all. It is scary. And during Halloween, we can have a episode on scary things, and we can talk about that because that is not joyous. But I will say that the feeling that I feel when I'm going to see a Jordan Peele movie in the movies with my friends and have my snacks and I'm like, get like that excitement of it. That is joyous. But once the movie starts, I'm scared. And I saw that one in the theater (laughs) and the entire time, like during us, I was just like on edge, especially because it started out way too normal. And I was like, I already know this is not going to be normal. So like, just go ahead with the scary stuff because it's making me more nervous by you being normal. Oh, he's too good at his job. <laughs> I'm crying. I like. I feel like I'm like a, a sucker for like because we grew up on the 2000s movie. So I'm like, anytime you could like any moment of any day, you can put on brown sugar or the woods yes, or like any of those. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely. sit there and be so good. Those are like the. Oh, I feel like the classics, quote unquote. So In high speak. school, I watched The Last Dragon like once a week. Oh, <laughs> and like for me. Like, <laughs> John and I will just randomly like be like doing something like cooking or whatever. Like when you got that glow, like just like all the time. So the soundtrack from that, just as much as the movie, uh, is just I don't know. That's just to me like that is Black Joy right there. I love it. Well, I guess Call Me Dolomite was pretty joyous. If we're yes. gonna talk about that situation of a most recent, like I, it was unprecedented. Like I feel like this man should have gotten an Oscar. And nothing for Corona. Do we have the Oscars? The coronavirus? Anyway, oh, regardless. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't even know. 
<laughs> like, I don't remember. What even happened uh, this year besides terrible things? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I could go on for movies for days. I'll put some yes, in the show. Adam, Adam, we can make a little list and, and post that in there. That'd be great. Um, for TV, like, this is like, so this one, it's like, I don't know if I can even say it because I cry a lot during it. And it's also really sad, like terribly, terribly, terribly sad. But then the moments that are joyous are like incredibly joyous. And it's just like such a celebration of like life and individuality and beautifulness and blackness. Um, so that show is Pose. So like, I don't know if I can really put it under Black Joy though because it's so sad. It's like I don't know. It's hard. But Billy Porter alone is Black Joy. So like, I feel like it counts because of that. I love Pose so much. It just it, it's one of those like get you in the fields. No, I feel like it doesn't give you joy because it's just those snippets of their happiness. Yes. It, yeah. But in the same everything. episode, I will ball. And then I will, I will like be laughing out loud and feeling so filled with like happiness and joy in the same episode. Um, So it's like, you got to be ready to be like sad, but it's also joyous at the same time. Um, And then for me, like the big three is like living single, different world in living color right there. That's all black joy. Always, always smiles, always laughing. Insecure. Yes, definitely. If you're not watching Insecure, what are you doing with your time? That would be my one, like, joyous recommendation. I'm telling you that if it was not for Issa Rae and Insecure, I would not have made it through 2020. Because as I said in the episode, like, what, a week, two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago, is that when all this first started happening and I was like, I don't know how to wake up and get through the day, like, I just kind of, like, like moved into the couch and just watched Insecure from beginning to end. And after I did that, like, cause I've seen it before, but just rewatch the entire thing. After I did that, it's like I had the strength to then jump into activism mode and do all the things I've been doing since then. But I was literally just like, could not move, could not do anything. And that just kind of like refilled my cup completely and overflowed it. So and also, sketch show is coming back for season two, but if you haven't seen season one, go season back and watch do her work, watch Gunter Brunson, like watch the whole cast is amazing. So many great cameos. It's just a funny, lighthearted show. So it's definitely up there with uh, Black Joy. So Black Joy and sports. Let me tell you, I don't know a lot about the sports balls, but I have a big three in sports as well, which is Serena Williams, Simone Biles, Gabby Douglas. That's my big three. (laughs) That's what, like, for me, when someone says sports, that is sports to me. That's what sports is. That's who I'm paying attention to. That's who I'm, you know, that's, and I know there's a lot more about sports than that. And we will, we will talk to the sports people and put in some links for you. I mean, to me, like, Colin Kaepernick and everything that he's been able to do and to accomplish to me is black joy and um, is amazing, but like he's still not playing right now. And it's interesting because the (laughs) NFL is like, Oh, so sorry for everything that happened, but we're not going to actually like acknowledge like what we did really like, so I don't know what's going on with that. Like I I'm, I'm, I'm already like not super interested in the NFL, right? Like, I've always followed by like players who I thought were like nice people to be quite honest, because if you don't like, it's just like a lot of them are not the best and the nicest. Yeah. So I'm always like, Oh, this, I've heard this guy's a really nice guy. I'm interested in like following him and his career and his team or whatever. But since they have done what they did, 
I have not, I've been like, I'm not going, like, I'm not going to a game, whatever. I don't even care if the game is free. Like I'm not going, I'm not supporting it, whatever. Um, so, you know, and I mean, obviously like, it's not a huge loss for me to not support it, but obviously John likes sports. And I was like, you better not look at the NFL until they write their wrong. So he's been like (laughs) NFL lists for, you know, a few years now. Um, 80s and 90s babies, you didn't have to be a big sports fan to be a Michael Jordan fan. Sure uh, The last dance is 10 hours of fantastic 90s television. I am, and it gives you the highlights of the best basketball of the 90s. So that's, I that's love sports. sports in the that's 90s. Sports. I love sports, sports in the 90s. So girl, go watch, go because watch it. It's really good. I say it to anybody. I'm like, go back and watch Last Dance. We all want to relive yeah, I loved that time. the NBA in the 90s. And I sure it was did. so good. I sure did love the magic in the 90s because I and they born and sure Orlando, go into the magic. It sure and they were amazing. I felt personally affected and neglected when Shaq left. I'm still not over it. And if I meet him, he, I say, you can go out. If you go to the coffee shop and sit outside long enough, he will ride by on his bicycle because he's you always know what's so out funny there. Though, is I, on like, that bike. I may have met, I may have said it before on the podcast, but everyone I know has met Shaq or like been near him. And I have. He was literally riding the bike in my friend's neighborhood. She does not I live anywhere near the fancy stuff. She lives in a normal. Yeah. Neighborhood in Windermere. Well, like, used to normal. come by both of my jobs, girl. Like, you so I work <laughs> at NBA City in City Walk, and he he came by on my day off, of course. And then he used to come in. I used to work at the Philly Connection over on Kirkman when I was seventeen. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I was the assistant manager when I was seventeen over there, and he used to literally come in multiple times like he came in I worked there for like a year he came in multiple times during that year literally just when I wasn't there it was so upsetting and then my mom worked out at that gold's gym that's over in uh, Dutch Phillips area and he she has met him like three times at gold's gym and we have his autograph because by the third time my mom like one time the like one time they just said hi to each other because they work out like they're weird they work at like 3 a.m right so one time they just said hi to each other the second time she was carrying a whole bunch of papers and they blew away in the drive like in the parking lot and then he helped her pick them up and I'm like you're so weird why were you carrying a whole bunch of papers and then why did Shaq help you pick them up that was super weird and then the third time she was like because they had seen each other a few times and she was like hey you know my kids are really big fans I hate to bother you but like would you mind and he was like yeah no problem and so growing up we had Shaq's autograph on our fridge we were very proud um, but I never got to meet him. So when I meet him, I'm going to be like, I've been trying to meet you for like 20 years. So I've been trying to meet him to tell him that you're like mad that he left. <laughs> then I'll tell him that, that like I have. That's like, why. He knows your bad know. energy and your bad juju <laughs> is like out to get him. Jack is hiding from me right now. He's like, girl, oh. I'm not here for these magic fans. I got to go. I know. Wild. Sad. I'm just. I'm um, yeah. So, so I'm going to. Yeah. Go watch the last dance. Like I'm going to do it. It's really good. It's good. It's really good. Um, so obviously, like, you know, when it comes, like, Black History Month comes up, a lot of times we focus on, you know, the very obviously important history, but, like, history that is layered in uh, struggle and sadness. But there's a lot of history that is layered in joy as well. Um, so definitely, like, we're not going to give you a full history lesson right now because that would take forever. But we will link to some just joyous occasions that have happened um, in black history and just make sure that you're seeking those out and sharing those on social media and whatever, as well as everything else, because our history is important and not just 
the sadder parts of our history, but the joyous parts of our history, because that's those joyous parts of our history have gotten us to where we are right now. Um, so that's yeah. super important. And then also there's black joy in business. Um, there's black joy in owning a business. And one thing that I like a story that I have about like black joy in business, which I mean, okay, our whole podcast, right? You can find like, if you're listening to a podcast from beginning to end, which I actually have a friend who that just reached out like an acquaintance, she just reached out and she's like, I just started listening from the get go. She's like, I don't know why I haven't before, but I started episode one. And it's amazing. And it's so funny, because she'll DM me like every five episodes and be like, this is happening in the podcast. It's so great. And I'm like, I don't even remember this stuff. This is yeah. Yeah. Gonna say, um, whenever you get to this episode, sis, I'm sorry. Like I apologize tremendously like, for your struggle yeah. because I don't even remember She's what like, we said. I love when you said that. I love when she said that. And I was like, I don't even remember that, but great. But one thing that's Thank really you, amazing <laughs> is seeing um, the response to uh, the honeypot. That is a black owned business. And there were like some racist people that were like trying to do negative things to the honeypot. And the black community was like, no, not going to have it. And so now the honeypot and like other people too, not even just the black community have now started supporting this business. And and it's a great business. From what I've heard, everybody that's used it, I have not yet because I cannot get a hold of it. Uh, But Everyone that has used it is like, it's amazing. I love it. And honestly, they are always sold out on the website and Target because when they put stuff on the shelves, people come and grab it immediately. So that to me is just like a black joy business moment of seeing how amazing, even though I'm like, I want it for myself, but at the same time, I'm like, get those sales, sis. That's amazing. Yeah. Same same with the rap life. It's like, get those sales, even though I want this rap, but it's like, get those sales because that's <laughs> Um, black and bold is one of the first the I've not one of the first is the first black coffee distributor to sell on Amazon directly with Amazon. They are also in Target, the first black owned coffee distributor in Target. So BLK and Bold. I will put links in the show notes to their website. You can buy their coffee. I have been trying to figure out the best way to order their coffee or the best like gr- like situation. So I've been like, I wish they had like a testing situation because coffee is so important what to me in my day like grinding or yeah um just to take like i like to smell like i'm a big smelling tasty oh, person like like, like, i don't want to know beforehand i know it's probably it. delicious i just want to know again i felt that way also with supporting eola coffee because it's a local coffee um company and so they started um doing door drop-offs and that was important to me because i can't get to orlando to get good coffee but i would like to support local businesses and they mm-hmm. were one of the few businesses that came out this way um so i was i like it took me a really long time to buy from them because i just coffee so weird for me and i like to smell it I understand it. To buy it then to buy it online um but i was not disappointed by that yola coffee so i feel like obviously it's black and bold it's black and names black people it's gonna be great so i'm gonna order some but i just wish i had a better understanding of what it smelled like because i feel like the smell just part <laughs> yeah, of the I process need to know what it i need to know what it smells like and there is not any anytime i go into our target it's sold out or they haven't stocked it or whatever the case may be so i've been trying to get my hand on a bag to smell <laughs> when you <laughs> smell it ridiculous. that episode you're gonna come back and you're gonna like give us all those hints and flavors and everything that you're smelling yes. in there so I'm like, like um, everybody knows 
But for people who don't need to smell the coffee, they're just like buy blind. Buy blind. Um, I buy so. blind because let me be real, it ain't for me because I don't drink coffee. Yeah, so, you're like it's I it. it's my and I I love to support. Like I love coffee shops. I want to own a coffee shop. I'm a yeah. connoisseur, so I like to buy coffee as gifts, and I just buy it buy different. Like I'll buy like a set of like not a set, but I'll collect three from yeah. different small businesses and then send them that curated set that I made for them but it's funny right. because I'm like I hope you like it because I didn't I didn't try any of it so I don't know <laughs> but so far so good and I think that's just because I support kind of the same you small know, exactly small places. roasted yeah. batches mm-hmm. um you just can't go wrong with yeah. somebody who's a little bit smaller so I don't think there would be anything wrong I just you know I'm, I'm a coffee weirdo but if you're not a coffee weirdo please go buy it right now it's amazing that this is that like it's so wild to me that it's 2020 and they're the first, but it also makes sense because, you know, it sure systemic does. racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm going to make um, like a little like thing that I'm going to share probably on Juneteenth. That's just like my little black joy list of like those most important things to me that have been bringing me black joy. So look out for that on Instagram. But if you are experiencing black joy and you want to share with us the black joyous things in your life, Trust me when I say we want to hear them and we want to share them on the podcast. Yes. So please, um, even if it's just a personal moment, like if it's a personal thing and you're like, I'm feeling joyous because this and you're a black person and that brought you joy in that moment. We want to hear about it because there's so, you know, there's, we're always obviously going to continue needing to hear and talk about the struggle and push forward and, and keep that momentum up. But it is so important to take the time out for those moments of joy. Yeah. Uh, end of episode PSA. Go follow Studio 404 Paper on Instagram. Apparently I'm bored. I don't have enough to do. So we'll see. And if we're, <laughs> we're going to do we'll some, <laughs> some shout outs, um, and I, I will explain a little bit more about this in an, another episode, but um, because of there wasn't anybody that said anything or anything like that, but I decided to change the name of my small shop which like I had launched in December I saw yeah I launched it in December I did it for like a short amount of time because like it did well in December and then I closed it up like shortly before corona because I was like okay we're gonna add a few new things so I just it's like at the time it was Etsy I'm moving it over to Shopify at the moment but at the time it was Etsy and I was like oh I'm gonna shut down for a second because you can it's so easy on Etsy you can just be like we're on vacation so your shop goes on vacation because I was adding some new candle scents and I wanted to make the time to like do them correctly Um, and then corona came and then I was I've talked about on here like how I was not sure how I wanted to go about things as far as packaging and handling and whatever and so kind of just letting some things play out while also dealing with a lot of helping my clients pivot to be quite honest because a lot of my clients were like ah, I don't know what to do so it was a lot of that um, but basically looking at um, other business names and like looking at like the dot com that I could get and things like that I just decided to listen to the advice of every single person in my life <laughs> and use my name <laughs> in the business name because I've always said like I wanted it to be a word or two words linked together that are unique words that like really just like embodied like the mood that I wanted the brand to be um, and a lot of people were like well your name is a word and I'm like I know that but like I don't want to be I don't feel like I want the brand to be like all about me like it's 
separate but, but, I, it is. <laughs> but I thought about it because I'm like it is all the things like I love obviously I'm creating things that I love and enjoy and so it's just like you know what kismet and charisma it just makes sense and just gonna like no no one has it it's not taken anywhere so I can get exactly what I want across all platforms plus I have the dot com and whatever so I just decided to do that there is a shop named kismet that is in Denver Colorado I'm not sure if it's all all throughout Colorado, but it's in Denver. And so I found that out because I have a friend, only because I have a friend that lives there. And I was just like, they're they're a small shop and they're not like a nationwide thing. But I was just like, I just don't want to run into issues with this later. I have a lot of lawyers in my family that have kind of like taught me what to look out for when it comes to this stuff. And I was just like, it's going to be easier if I just change it now. So went ahead and changed that and I'm getting ready to relaunch. So yay for that. Yay for us doing all the different things. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm bored. No, I'm not bored. But I just I'm actually excited. As soon as we finish um, recording, I'm pouring candles for the rest of the night. I have like four new scents that I'm working on. And like, it's just great because my house smells amazing all the time. <laughs> Well, we will see you guys next week. Enjoy your Juneteenth weekend and let us know what you've been up to by using the hashtag Hard. We are Heart and Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Heart Hustle Pod on Twitter, Heart and Hustle Podcast on Facebook if you are on there for some reason. So, and if yeah. you see any Black Joy, tag us in it. Use the hashtag to let us know because we want to be spreading all of the Black Joy. So keep us in that Black Joy loop. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.